You're listening to another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. All the stories you've come to love on a Sunday night, plus some extra content exclusive to the podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. But for now, enjoy today's episode. Our constitution says no one should face discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation. But how far has the country come in accepting the right to choose who you love? Masa Kekana sits down with a handful of South Africans determined to speak truth to power. To be or not to be at all, it's still a question. For decades, the LGBTQ community were not allowed to be. If you were different to the norm, you were other. And that could have landed you in hot water. When you dared to fall in love in the past, you could be locked up. One day you realize that you're black, you're female. The next you realize that you're an LGBTI person. The next you realize that the world is not as kind as it should be in the layers that one carries. Being gay was illegal until our constitution set South Africa on a new course of inclusion after 1994. It's been three decades of freedom to choose, but in those 30 years, have we moved at the same speed as the law? The recent Pride Parade celebrated this freedom, but perhaps it also reminds us of the long road to real acceptance we still need to travel. Pride is a form of protest. Um, It might seem to a lot of people that it's turned into a party, but it is still a protest, um, and it does spark a lot of conversation. Being able to shed the burden of being different can have a beautiful outcome. Wellness media personality Dr. Dalsi Rakumakwe is living her dream to take quality health care to disadvantaged South Africans. Her Santon office is a hive of activity and her schedule punishing. Yet, Dr. Dulcie will pause everything to share the fairy tale that life has afforded her and her wife, Vanessa. I see a picture on Facebook, beautiful woman wearing a yellow dress. I saved the picture on my phone and started telling my friends that, hey, check, this is the woman I'm going to marry one day. And the couple eventually tied the knot. But traditionally, brides have to give up a part of their own heritage. We are asking her to leave her culture now to become one with us. And then in that case, who pays Lobola? So I paid Lobola because I was going to her parents to ask for her hand in marriage. First, the couple had a traditional wedding. And a few months later, the glowing brides tied the knot at a breathtaking white wedding. But even though it's possible to get married today, not every part of it brims with romance. The legal side of getting married still does not make provision for same-sex marriages. When we went to home affairs, the paperwork was still very male-female. You still had to read, I, the husband, and my partner being the wife. That many years later, we still have not really done the work, you know, in making sure that all our institutions are sensitized and, and safe for, for our people. What's it like to feel different? To be, but not to be. The LGBTQ community has grappled with what it means to be okay for decades. 
And it still seems that there's a sense of being other. We are still unaccepting of people of different cultures, races, languages even, um, and just lifestyles in general. Back then it was just gay, lesbian, bisexual, maybe three things, and now it's turned into a whole dictionary per se. Unfortunately, acceptance is not in everyone's dictionary yet, and the consequence of that can sometimes be incredibly traumatic. Clive van der Wagen is an internal dynamics facilitator for companies. He's a successful writer and speaker who shared some of his experiences on various platforms, including the global platform TED Talks. You see, acceptance is when we embrace a situation that's outside of our control and we see it without judgment. But before Clive turned adversity into personal victory, he struggled with the reality of who he was, and it was particularly difficult for him because of his choice of career. He wanted to be a minister. I'd known I was gay since I was a child, and I had been hiding this. If he was discovered, Clive stood to lose everything. After three years of being employed as a youth minister, the church had provided a roof over his head and he was at the beginning of a career in service of the cloth. There was no place in the ministry for a gay man at the time. If the people that I had told kind of came out and, and said something, I would be fired, I would lose my home, and my family would be shamed because they were part of the church, and it was terrifying. Homosexuality was referred to in some quarters of the church as a curable disease. Desperate to cling on to the church and everything he knew, Clive believed that he could be cured from his homosexuality. This offered some hope for a man trapped between who he knew he was and the damage it could do to his chosen journey. Clyde wanted to rid himself of the burden of being gay. Conversion therapy promised to do just that. If I could somehow become straight, it would be fine. At this point, you were chasing a cure. Mm. And that's how you were able to remain in the church, as long as you're willing to fix yourself. Exactly. The way conversion therapy works is you claim your heterosexuality, so you walk in freedom. I kept asking why I don't feel attracted to women, and they said because God doesn't replace one lust with another. What I needed to do was get into a relationship with a woman, and I needed to walk in victory and claim it. He could call himself ex-gay after completing conversion therapy, but nobody that went through it was allowed by the church to claim that they were converted and now heterosexual. And while eventually he fell in love with a woman emotionally, he was not attracted to her. Reality hit home and it hit him hard when it did. I was at an ex-gay conference and one of the people who were at the same church as me arrived at the conference. I knew he was gay, but he was married with kids, but he was having affairs on the side and he was now HIV positive and it infected his wife. The conversion therapy did not work for Clive either. He was about to pay a heavy price for that. I went to the church and I said to them that I don't think I'm as healed as I thought I was. What was their reaction? They removed me from all aspects of ministry and I was unclean. <laughs> what did that feel like being 
stripped away from these people who are essentially your family. Mm, it was difficult because I had my recognition and value in terms of my purpose in life was around the church and ministering to other people. So when they removed me from that, I kind of had to reconcile who I was. How could I have purpose? And when I felt called to be in ministry by God, yet God refused to heal me. And I couldn't reconcile the two. And now they were saying, well, if it hasn't worked, cheers, <laughs> you're out of here. And I really did feel quite broken by it. My son came and approached me and spoke to me and said, Dad, I'm gay. Would it be a difficult pill to swallow? I would have to answer that, yes, in our society in South Africa. It isn't a decision that is accepted wholeheartedly and I know it would be a difficult journey for him to travel. We are born the way we are, we can't change it and we shouldn't be, be treated any different from any other human being. When people know that you're gay, homophobic people would want to direct their phobias and challenges and violence against you. Nomfondo Ndaba from the Forum for Empowerment of Women said that there have been 34 reported hate crimes against the LGBTQ community since 2020. That's the ones we know about. But there could be hundreds more. Are we somewhat behind the curve? I think South Africa created a faulty approach in having this constitution that they were not able to translate into tangibles, meaning the police, the nurses, the health system, the school and all, didn't create inclusive approach. When you are advocating for queer rights, people tend to act or understand you as if you're looking for special rights, but you are just wanting the constitution as it is applied in, in South Africa that is safe for everyone. The queer people deserve it too. There is still a need for more visibility and we're seeing lesbian women in many pockets of, of South African society being murdered. There is still a sense of you don't fit the standard. So how did Clive rebound from the trauma of being disowned by the community he felt most drawn to? The biggest change, I suppose, is how I've dealt with my sexuality and the fact that I don't really care anymore. Clive decided to be who he is. So did everyone that shared their stories with us. Could there be a lesson for society in this? That when someone is different, that's all they are, different. If you look at issues like um, racism, for example, it's still an issue in this country. I mean, as much as we've made headway in that, it's been decades and decades that people have been fighting against that. It's still going to happen until people are, reach a point where they are more accepting. And that's, that's going to take time to change. Clearly, South Africa still has a lot of catching up to do when it comes to fully embracing the LGBTQI plus community. There are more stories to be told on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. Thanks for listening. There's more Carte Blanche content to be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Let's continue the conversation online.